just got to tell you what an honor it is to be here. It's just a privilege to be with you and to be able to share this time with Mark and Kara. We, I, I, we love these guys so much. And they did so much when they were with us. I can tell you this. Judy talked about how they know how to host the presence. And not only that, you're fortunate because of how faithful they are. And how giving they are. And so, it's okay for somebody to come along and brag on your pastor. And can I just say it's okay for you to brag on your pastor. It's okay for you to encourage them. These pastors, they're not... You don't understand when you do ministry, when you give yourself to the ministry, you're laying down your life. You're laying down a lot of things that normal people have. And you lay them down so that the body of Christ can go forward. Because pastors prepare the bride for the bridegroom. And that's what, as Judy said, that's what our heart is to prepare you as so that you can be so in love with Jesus where He is everything. Because, listen, as a group, as a body, individually we're sons and daughters. Say, well, what's what, I, the, all these images. Individually we're sons and daughters. Together, we're the bride. And when we come together, there's nothing He likes more. There's nothing Father likes more than the worship to come forth from his body and the people of that are his bride to love on his son. That's what the Holy Spirit is all about is so to help us to do that. And if we're not, if we make ourselves available to do that, he will help us do that. If some people talk about, I'm just, I'm just sharing my heart here about worship and the presence of God. Some people say, well, we go until the Holy Spirit's done. How many have heard that before? We keep going until the Holy Spirit's done. I've heard that before. And I've heard that people thinking, they're bragging. I mean, they, they might have a three-hour service. We go till the Holy Spirit's done. No, you didn't. You know why? He's never done. We go until we're done. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. The pastor can lead you in a service until you're done. Now, I'm looking at the time here, and my wife took half my time, but that's all right. (laughs) But we'll go till you're done. But I want you to, I hear, expect, I hear that there's from the Spirit that He's put expectation in your heart today. There's an expectancy in your heart today. I believe that. I believe there's expectancy in the air. And it's not about because somebody different was coming. It's just in your heart. On this day, right now, you're expecting something. Do you want that? Whatever it is, do you want that? Say it. I want that. 
I don't even know what that is. Neither do I. But I want that too. Whatever God has for us and prepared for us today, I want it. I want all of it. I'm just part of it. I want it all. If you go to a fine restaurant and you get a meal, you want all of it. You, oh, oh, sorry, you know, you know, we ran out of desserts today. You don't get the dessert. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. I get the whole thing. Or we ran out of ribeyes today. You don't get any ribeye. No, no, no. I want, I want what I came for. So do you want what you came for? Then open up your heart right now and say, and just close your eyes and put your hands out in front. And say, okay, Lord, I'm ready. I want to talk to you about remembering. And interesting, the word remember, and, and we had don't remember the former things, but I'm going to tell you what to remember. Okay? And when he's talking about remember the former things, he's talking about, if you know what he's talking about there, he's talking about uh, that things are, they're going to go to Babylon. And you're going to have to, you're, you can't be thinking all the time about what you had before. Stop thinking about what you had before because I have good stuff for you tomorrow. Now, what I'm going to tell you today has nothing to do with that. So smile at me and say, I'm going to remember today the right things. So here's the deal about remember. The word in Hebrew means not just to think about it. It means more than think about it. It means meditate on it. It means, I mean, dwell on it. It's kind of like we, we sit there and mull it over. Have you ever mulled something over in your mind? I mean, it goes back to mulling over that thing. I tell you, when I, it doesn't just mean that though. It means talking about it. Sharing it. Having conversation about it. That's true remembering and the definition of the Hebrew language that we're going to be going to he uses it like 244 times or 243 times in the Bible, the word remember. But get this, in the Hebrew, the word remember is the same word as male. The man. The male. What is it? Why is that? Because guess what? The man is the seed bearer. Man, they meant something about this word to remember. And guess in the Bible who's called on to remember more than anybody? God. If you go look at the word remember, just look at all the words that have to do with remember. And most of the time it's about God not remembering sins, but remembering their life and remembering their name and remembering who they are. Don't forget about me, God. Remember me. And God says, I remember my covenant I made with you. I'm not going to remember. I'm not going to remember your sins. I'm going to cast them as far as the east is from the west. I'm going to forget those things. And I'm going to remember who I made you and called you to be. That's what, when we talk about, he's putting seed back into us. And when we remember, we're seeding life. We're seeding our soul. We're seeding those around us. We're going to make this statement. Whatever I remember, I can reproduce. Whatever I remember, I can reproduce. Say that with me. 
whatever I remember, I can reproduce. How many, some things you want to reproduce? What about, are there some things you don't want to reproduce? It's all about remembering. So there was a, <clears throat> a documentary not long ago about this young girl that was found in a park and she had lost her memory. They, they well, she's a teenager. They, she didn't know who she was, didn't have any ID, don't know how she got there. She had just lost all memory. The authorities were able to locate the parents. And when the parents came to find her and pick her up, the parents hardly recognized her. Here's why. Because the girl they knew was rebellious. The girl they knew was on drugs, promiscuous, did all the things that she shouldn't have been doing. She had a walk that was that, you know, defiant walk. She had a defiancy about herself. But what they saw in front of them was this wonderful daughter that they had not seen for years. She just lost her memory. She forgot who she was and for what forgot what she had become. And now she's just her again. She didn't get saved. She just forgot the old life she had. Now, when we think about that and think about when Paul speaks about the old and the new and we have to put away the old, like we were talking about the former things, we put off the old man and put on the new man. We're talking about something that is reproducing in us. And we need to reproduce that life of God in us. We need to reproduce the positive, the things that God has done. Today, I, I'm going to tell you, worship team, oh my goodness, the songs that we were singing. And uh, the, no, the last song, I was like, I saw it. I asked for the list because I want to know. I'm, I'm just that way. I'm like, I, I, I don't mind asking. And oh, that song right there, that's perfect. You'll do it again. This is perfect for this song, for, for, for this message, this song. So when we talk about memory and talk about the things in our life, there's a lot of things you remember, you don't want to remember and shouldn't remember. And my wife has, uh, over the past year, been on a tangent. Now, I don't know, men, if you know, if you have a wife who, my wife never sits still. She's always doing, but then it got really, we, we had some changes in our lives. We've been doing some changes in our life and she watched this program. And if you're familiar with it, okay, you're familiar with it, but it, uh, and all I'm going to say is she learned the KonMari method. <laughs> now the KonMari method is about taking all it's cleaning out the house it's about getting rid of all the stuff you need anymore and think you can't live without it's about i mean going through the closet and you, and just taking out two-thirds of your wardrobe we don't need this anymore but i might need that 
That's my skinny jeans. When I'm skinny. <laughs> Got plenty of fat jeans. I, have make, I make good use of those. I need more all the time. But those skinny jeans, I might need those. I might get skinny again. She went through, started going through her house and our stuff. And she's just getting rid of everything. I'm like, wow. What you, you? She went through her closet and then she made me watch one of those programs and went, oh, great. So I went through my stuff. I went through some, I, I couldn't believe how much stuff I had that was just junk that I did not need, I would never use when I really found out. Now, the key to this, part of the key to it, if you find something and you say, man, this, this wonderful, this wonderful thing that I had that somebody gave me 20 years ago and like, I can't part with this. And it's like, her, this, the system is, does it spark joy still? When you look at it, does it spark joy? Or is this like, huh? Or is it like, ooh. You out of obligation, I should keep this. No. If it sparks joy in your heart, you can keep it. If it doesn't spark joy, put it in discard pile. So we started doing that. And I think in our mind and in our soul, there's so much clutter and so much stuff that we have collecting and think we can't get rid of and we have to keep it. And there's, and it's like, it's worthless. In fact, some of it's damaging. And we need to discard and we need to look at that stuff in our soul and say, does it spark joy? Now, those things that spark joy, those things you need to remember. There's a scripture. I'm I, sorry, I haven't followed my outline at all. So, there's a scripture that Israel did not remember the Lord. And it says in Psalm 78, yes, again and again, they tempted God. And they limited the Holy One Israel. Can you hear that? They really limited God. I've got some news for you. You've done it. I've done it. We've limited God. And it said they limited God, the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember His power. They did not, and it says, and the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. Now, when they talk about this, this passage of scripture, it's not just talking about, oh, something that happened yesterday. It's talking about they did not remember. They didn't rehearse it. They didn't talk about it. They didn't tell their children about it. And there were generations that did not remember, did not even know how God delivered them from Egypt. They did not even know the miraculous things that God did when they went into Jericho. They did not even know when they went into the land how God was with them and helped them overcome every enemy and they won every battle because God was with them and God gave them the victory. 
because they didn't remember it. They didn't voice it. They didn't talk about it. I'm going to tell you this thing about, I'm going to let my children walk their own path and they're going to find their own way. I'm going to tell you, you know, your pastor, I can say this. That's a bunch of crap. You better rehearse the things of God and tell them and tell them this is the way, walk in it. Now, if they choose not to walk that way, that's their choice. But if you do not guide them and help them remember, you will not reproduce the life of God that is in you, in them. And you're responsible for that. So here's the thing, remembering those things. There's another passage of Scripture in Jonah. Jonah 2, verse 7 says, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. Now, we all remember that most of you know the story of Jonah. Jonah was a prophet. Jonah was a man of God. Obviously, he had a good connection with God because God talked to him. And God told him, Okay, I want you to go to that city And that's the capital city of the people who are oppressing you. Now think about going to your enemy. But I want you to go to your enemy and I want you to declare my word over them. So that was his assignment. Now he must have been an amazing preacher. He must have been the most amazing evangelist ever. And he thought he was. You know why he thought he was? Because it's coming... Well, if I go there, they'll all get saved. They'll all turn around. They'll all repent. Man, are you really think you're that good? Seriously? He thought a lot of himself. But it says Jonah ran away. But did Jonah run away from Nineveh? Most of us think he did, but he didn't. I'm going to show you in Scripture. And I'm just going to... I like to... I like to just go right and look at... Get the big book out. You know, I like... I'm not the uh, little Bible pastor. I'm the big Bible guy. So, all right. So I'm going to read a few passages. Man, there's not much light in here. Right here. Okay, I have to turn it this way. (laughs) Everyone uses an iPad up here, I guess. So, let's see. All right. But, But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from... The presence of the Lord. Whoa. What did he flee from? He didn't flee from Nineveh. He didn't flee from a challenge. He didn't flee from God's thing. He fled. He fled from the presence of the Lord. Now get this. Same verse. Verse. Chapter 1, verse 3. Sorry. Jonah 1, verse 3. He went down to Joppa. And found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare, went down into it to go with them to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. I think much our issues that we face and we're dealing with, and the reason that we find ourselves in such a bad place is because we let our soul move away from the presence of the Lord. I want to tell you, 
God's a way of dealing with us if we kind of make the wrong path, the wrong choice, and said, "Well, I, I, I thought I was making the." And people, people really, you overthink it. I'm sorry. Most people overthink it. Oh, I want to follow God. I, I try, but you know, no. Can I just say this? If you are in the presence, you won't miss it. And even if you do miss it, God will make it good if you're in the presence. Now, you say, well, that's two times it's said. No, third time. You want to hear a third time? Yeah. Yep. Verse 10. Then the men were exceedingly afraid. We know the story. Jonah was, you know, went off in this boat. There was a big storm. They were all afraid of their life. They're going to die. And Jonah's like, well, you know, I think it's my fault. If you just throw me overboard, it'll be all right. And they go, no, we're not going to throw you overboard. We have to pray to God and we'll get sacrificed. We'll do whatever. But he says, they were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what had... What have you done? Why have you done this? I'm sorry, like, why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord. Why is it? I'm just going to encourage you. I'm so glad the presence of the Lord is here and you honor that. And as Judy was saying, you host the presence. And I'm going to tell you, the presence of the Lord is everything. It is everything. It's not just something. It is everything. And if a church has no presence of the Lord in it, gathering has no presence of the Lord in it, what are we doing this for? And the presence of the Lord makes a difference. And I promise you, you know when the presence of the Lord is present and you know when it's not. But you know how to get the presence of the Lord? I will enter gates with thanksgiving. I will enter His courts with praise. I come into his chamber. You say, well, is he coming in or are we going in? Yeah, we're doing both. I have a chamber. It's right here in my soul, right here in my heart. And you know what? When I start giving thanks, when I start giving thanksgiving, you know what thanksgiving is? It's giving credit to where credit is due. So, all the things that God has done for you and you give credit to God for, that's thanksgiving. Praise. You say, well, praise is the same. No, it's not. Praise is seeing God for who He is, His character, His nature, His ability, and declaring that to Him and about Him. So we enter His gates, we start on the outside, and we come in, and we come in that dwelling place because God dwells in the praises of His people. His house is made in that place. So the presence comes in the midst of thanksgiving, praise, and worship. And guess what? Just because the worship team did good and they're in the presence doesn't mean you'll be in the presence. Oh, but I could feel the Spirit. But you might not really be in the presence because you didn't engage yourself in presence. Are you with me? Now, I'm preaching to the choir because you guys really worshiped today and I was really awesome. But I'm just telling you, the presence is everything. That's where Jonah was running from. And you know what happened to him? 
we know the story. Big old fish comes along. It says God prepared the fish for Jonah. And say, well, there's no fish like that in the ocean that could do that. Well, guess what? God prepared one just for him. And how many people, there's all kinds of things. We don't know what's down in these deep levels. We had never been down there. And you know what? They find things every day that we never even knew. Because the, one of the most undiscovered places in our, you know, right here in the earth is the depths of the ocean. So fish was prepared. Jonah was uh, thrown overboard. Sea went calm. Fish took Jonah. Now, that story we all know. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's pick up in chapter 2 or the end of chapter 1. And I'm going to read this. It's very interesting. Now, the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. That doesn't sound like fun to me. It sounds like you're in a bad way. And when you leave the presence... That's where you get in a bad way. It's about leaving the presence. When you forget about remembering the Lord and forget having His presence around, because when you're in His presence, oh gosh, He's, he's there. There's no, no trying to... Re- it's happening. You're reproducing Him. He's being reproduced right then, the presence of God. You know, well, I can't carry the presence of God all the time. Yes, you can. I mean, you mean you can really feel the presence of God. Man, I can hear the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can speak to me in a movie. Has the Holy Spirit spoken in a movie? I know Mr. Movie Watcher over here. He, he's, the Holy Spirit has spoken to me in a movie. Wherever I am, because don't leave the presence. It's your choice. Be in, leave it, or stay in it. You say, well, that sounds a little bit over-the-top spiritual. Okay. Go ahead, get swallowed up by a whale, whatever. <laughs> but how long was Jonah in the belly of the fish? Then, chapter 2, then Jonah prayed. This is one stubborn individual. I mean, seriously, he's got to be one of the most stern people because he didn't pray for three days and three nights in a fish. I think I've been, I've, I've been praying right away. I wouldn't have waited at all. It would have like, oh, I'm in a, oh, I'm in a stinky fish. Oh, no. He must just like fish. I don't know. He got comfortable in there. I don't know what he was, But it says, then he prayed. You know, I've read that story how many times. You know, I was just... It, and, and it just dawned on me. Wait. He just... What? Well, so, then he prayed. So here, we're just going to jump ahead to some of the story. Because i got to move on. Jonah, in that fish, it says, it took down to the lowest parts of the earth. He was lower than low. The weeds were wrapped around his head. He was all just, it was all such a mess. And we're just wallowing in the weeds. You ever been in the weeds? 
I mean, it's just bad. It's not good. You don't want anyone to be around you. And please, God forbid, if anyone talks to you during the weeds. <sighs> but all you think about is, oh, poor me. Oh, no. And guess what you're reproducing every time you remember that? Weeds. Junk. All that stuff. You say, well, I can't help how I feel. Yes, you can. You can help how you feel. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts. If I get in the presence, I will feel different. You can help how you feel. It's what you want to remember. But somebody hurt me. Here's the thing about hurt and wounds. If I hurt you, how many times, one time, how many times I hurt you? As many times as you remember it. If you remember it, I can hurt you over and over and over. Do you remember Jesus saying, how many times should I forgive? They ask him, how many times should I forgive? Seven times what? Seventy? Four hundred and ninety times? He's like, anytime you think about it. Anytime you think about it. In a day. This was in a day. Because people can think about a hundred times. Same thing. And guess what? They feel that tinge. They feel that little thing in their heart. Man, that just shouldn't happen. And they tell somebody, and that's even worse. Do you know what they did to me? Can I tell you what they did to me? And I'm going to tell you, if you just keep talking, if you keep telling and keep telling the story about how they hurt you, guess what? Guess what you'll reproduce? What harvest do you want? Make a decision about the harvest you want, the harvest in your life. What do you want reproduced in your life? All right. I'm going to read. He says, and he prayed. I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction and he answered me. I mean, seriously, three days, three nights, he didn't pray, but then he prayed. Boom, God answers him. Are you kidding me? God is so good and faithful. Out of the belly of Shoal I cried, and you heard my voice, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas. The flood surrounded me. All the billows in your waves passed over me, and then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. That liar. He's lying. Where does it say that God cast Jonah out of his sight? What did he say three times? He fled from the presence of the Lord. So God didn't cast him out. He fled from it. Stop blaming God. God, you're just not here anymore. Well, get back. Sorry. And he says, I will look again toward your holy temple. He's starting, to, he's starting to come around. Jonah's starting to come around. The water surrounded me, but he's falling a little bit. The water surrounded me. Even my soul. 
The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. That is down the base of the sea. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit. He started speaking a different thing then. It's like total change. Whoop, flip-flop. And he says, You have brought me from the pit. O Lord my God, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. If your soul's fainting, remember Him. Start counting the blessings. Start looking around you and give thanks for what He's done. Get a vision of who God is. And guess what? Every mountain, every problem, every situation will look small compared to it. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah on a dry land. Get this picture. Jonah's in there and after three days and three nights, he starts to cry out to God. He goes, Oh God, you, you, you kicked me out. I mean, I don't know. And all this stuff has happened to me. And my, But, okay, I'm going to remember. I'm going to look to your tip. I'm going to remember who you are. Yes, you are the God who saves. And yes, you are my God. And I will praise you and I worship you and I give thanks to you. And I offer my thanksgiving and I praise you. Lord, wow, you can do it again. I know you can. And all of a sudden, the fish is going, hmm. Ooh, I'm not feeling so good. Wow. Wow. Ooh. Oh, man. Whoo. Must have been some eight. Mm. Oh, man. Jonah made the fish sick of him. If you find yourself all swallowed up, Make your problem, make your situation sick of you. You begin to worship. You begin to praise. You get in the presence. And I promise you, problems will get sick of you. The stuff will get sick of you. Now, I'm not saying everything's going to change right then, but I guarantee you this. You'll be out of that belly's, that fish's belly. You'll be in the presence of the Lord. That's where I want to be all days of my life. David said, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, all the days of my life. Did he mean it? Yes, he did. I want to be in his presence. I don't want to be fleeing from his presence. I want to be in his presence. And the way you stay in his presence is remembering who he is. Now, here's the deal. We got to stop. We got we got to get some things. We got to cast out some things. We got to conmari some stuff. We got to get rid of all that bad negative thought and all those things. And you don't want to, you're tired of people hurting you, offending you. Doing, well, throw that stuff in the garbage pile. 
Start remembering who God is instead. Well, people are just never right. People always are doing all this stuff. Well, then don't think about the people. Think about God. Because His character is always good. He will never fail you. He will never betray you. He will always be there for you. Men will fail, but God will not. And here's the deal. Even the best people will hurt you. Or we wouldn't need to be able to forgive. God wants us to learn how to forgive. We're not perfect people. He wants us to know how to forgive. And the way you forgive is remember the, remember the cross. Remember what Jesus did for you. And remember how He saved you. And then remember how He saved that person. Well, I can forgive, but I'll never forget. What are you going to reproduce if you keep remembering it? God says, I cast it into a sea of forgetfulness. I'll remember it no more. And we take how God remembers, because God remembers right. Ben, I want you to just, could you just close your eyes for a moment? I want you to just look inside your heart. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't. Close your eyes for just a moment. Just want you to just think about where your thoughts have been. Have you been remembering the right things and what have you been reproducing? Because you have the power. And right now you have the power. It says in you have the power is in Romans 8. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. That's the things that die. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their mind on the things of the Spirit. And the Spirit is what gives life and hope. And just examine your heart right now about where you've been, about what, what you've been dwelling on, about what you've been thinking on. Are you thinking about what He has done, about who your God is? Or have you been thinking about all the stuff you've been going through and just junk? And it just keeps going over and over and over again. Set your mind on life. Remember the life. Does it spark joy? Does it bring life? That's what you remember. Is it bringing death? then you cast that out of your mind and in the presence of the Lord. Don't remember the things that bring death, the old nature, the past failures. Don't remember... Are you, if you need... Is, it, is your mind consumed with your problem? Remember the things that will bring joy. And as you remember the Lord, you remember His character. You remember His nature. You remember the blessings that He has brought in your life. You say, well, I don't... I, I, I really... A, maybe you're a new Christian. Maybe you don't have many victories yet. But I can tell you this. If you will get in the Word of God, 
you will begin to see the character of God. You'll begin to see who God is and you declare that over your life and you speak that. You don't just think about it. You're declaring it. You're talking about it. You're sharing it with others. And as you do, as you share those victories, it will reproduce His character, His life inside of you. Make a memory. Make a new memory to remember. Who are you in Christ? What does God say about you? You need to remember who you are. You need to remember who you are in the Lord. You need to begin to call that out. You need to call that man of God, that woman of God, call it forward and say, Soul, you are not going to bring me down and you are not going to define me. The Lord is going to define me this day and I'm going to declare what He says about life. I'm going to remember what He has done in my life. I'm going to remember that He has made me an overcomer. That I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I'm going to remember that every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I will condemn. I will cast it down because I will declare your truth. I will remember the name of the Lord. I will remember my God. Some trust in chariots. Some in horses. But we will remember The name of the Lord, our God. Today, make a decision. These three things, to set your mind, to cast away that that brings death to you, that reproduces death in your life. Do not dwell on those things. Don't visit those things. And visit the things that bring life. Remember Life. Remember what God has done. Remember the Lord. Remember His presence. Enter into His presence.